Hello, my name is Adam Snyder, and this is Good Bad Movies. I'm here, of course, with Adrian Lopez. Adrian, how are you today? I'm so good. This is the most excited I've ever been to record an episode of this podcast, which is saying something. Fantastic. And that is, of course, because today we're talking about a movie beloved to both of us, very close to our hearts, and that is Shin Godzilla or Shin Gojira or Godzilla Resurgence. Whatever you want to call it. It's got many monikers. Yes. But I'll just say Shin Godzilla 2016. That's what I'll call it. Now, this is perhaps one of the best movies in the franchise. So I'm going to need you to explain to me why we're even talking about it. I wanted to do this movie because, for starters, we both love it so much, as you just said. And uh, it's it's newer and it's, it's a more controversial uh, Godzilla film. It's a complete departure from the rest of the franchise. It's yet another standalone film. You know, one of the only other standalone standalone films in the franchise besides the original Gojira. And I think there's a lot of uh, noteworthy things to talk about, especially the the four different forms that Godzilla takes in this film and and the turn that Toho took on their approach to a Godzilla film. This, this movie is actually much more CGI intensive than any of the other Godzilla films that have been put out. So for all those reasons and more, I think this is super worthy of the podcast. But is it really bad? No, I don't think this movie really bad. In fact, I'm pretty certain uh, that this movie won like a best film equivalent in Japan. Um, this is a commercially successful movie, but I, I, I think that it's a great comparison for the other things that we've covered that are in this vein, especially like Son of Godzilla. So so I just think this is a, it's a perfect fit, honestly. All right, well, I love to talk about it. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I've got my fan blinders on and I'm extremely biased. And I am extremely biased. But to me, this movie is is perfect this is a great movie i love this movie this movie is a masterpiece i don't think this is a hot take do you i mean i think lots well i don't think it's perfect (laughs) i don't either but i i think lots of godzilla fans adore this movie yeah i guess as far as like godzilla movies go this is as perfect as they get i don't want to be overly critical of this film because i like it so much but i have some gripes with it uh and i and i discovered that upon my rewatch yesterday and i for the record watched the english dub of this so the one that that had american voice actors in it and my god i won't even i won't even get into that too much because it's not so much it doesn't really change the film's quality the dub is really bad though and that's mostly just because of the work that those actors did it's not so much the um the movie itself uh so so i'm not taking that into account but you know there are some there are some sore spots as far as the effects go again i i know that toho and and the global movie industry doesn't really operate on a hollywood level like i get that i i missed the models sometimes while watching this movie and i do think that though the human drama is incredibly important because of the the commentary that this film is making which also sets it apart from the Godzilla franchise as a whole it's one of the only other ones to make you know a pretty cohesive political statement well I think (laughs) as much as I love this movie I think we should absolutely tear it apart limb from limb because (laughs) I want to get into it and uh, if we can't really find anything that horrible I feel like that's a testament to this film will be how many rocks we can throw at it and see if it's 
still standing, you know? Let's get into yeah. it. Let's talk about the effects. CGI, almost, I think entirely. I think it was entirely CGI, wasn't it? I don't know if it's entirely CGI. I'm pretty sure there's still some model work in it. Or here, I can fact check that. Okay, so it's not entirely CGI. They mix practical effects and CGI. But you can really tell the parts that are CGI. Like, I think uh, the, the first few forms of Godzilla are practical. Right when he gets out of the water, the tail, I'm pretty sure that's all practical. And the, the famous rubber chicken Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, it's this young form of him. He leaves, he, he doesn't have limbs yet, so he's just like crawling on the ground and he has these dead fish eyes uh, that he actually maintains through all of his evolutions. That's all practical, I believe. But the action that's going on around him the boats being torn up, the blood exiting his gills, oozing out of his gills, the, the water rising and, and flooding into the streets. That's all CGI. And in the first quarter of this film, you can really tell. Yeah. I'd say I think they have a problem with the liquid effects. All the, like you said, water, that's all noticeably CGI. There's a scene where Godzilla bleeds from his back and like blood falls off of him. And it, it's not a good effect at all. To give context to what you were saying, uh, one of the biggest factors of this movie is that Godzilla has forms. He evolves like a Pokemon. Uh, so yeah. he begins <laughs> in the ocean and he's just a tail. Uh, we don't really know what he looks like under the tail, but then he crawls out of the water. He has two big legs and just kind of nubs and, and gills. He has these huge gills on the side. He has to like push his head forward on the ground. He's not bipedal yet. And then he is eventually able to stand upright and grow tiny little arms. He's moderately sized, just like maybe a little smaller than a skyscraper. Uh, and then he retreats back into the ocean and comes out fully emerged as final form Godzilla. He's humongous, like twice as big as all of the skyscrapers. He's got this black hardened lava looking skin, these evil looking teeth, and a, a very interesting tale that I'm sure we'll get into later. One of the things I love the most about this movie is that they bring back the keloid scarring look of Godzilla. The only other films that really have this keloid scarring look to Godzilla are the very early ones, especially the 1955 one, which is, you know, a, a commentary on, on the U.S.'s nuclear attack on Japan. This one also brings back, this one being Shin Godzilla, brings back the nuclear aspect of Godzilla, and he actually, you know, every step he takes leaves nuclear fallout in its midst, which is super interesting. And as a result of this sheer radioactivity that Godzilla has, his skin is, like you said, this really just kind of gross, almost scarred black. And I, and I love it. And I, and I love that you can like see the, the nuclear activity beneath his skin whenever he's getting ready to, to spew, I guess we could say. Oh, I was also going to talk about his jaw. And his jaw, that's another thing that I really like about this design, is it splits into two. So it's not like a T-Rex. It's uh, like it usually is, right? His mouth, it almost looks like the, the Stranger Things Demogorgon, where it like plays out. It's really interesting. If you haven't seen it, you should take a look at the Final Forms design because it's it's really so original. And I respect that they were able to bring something so original to a franchise that, quite frankly, can feel pretty played out sometimes. That's coming from me, and I'm a, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I know. I think, if not for any other reason, watch this movie just for the designs of Godzilla. It's it's so cool. So well thought out. The original Godzilla did have the, the skin it's supposed to mimic radiation burns the scarring that occurs after that which is really cool and uh the fact that this is the movie that feels the most like the original so many callbacks to the original in godzilla's design in this 
nuclear uh, radiation commentary in the American meddling and in uh, even in the soundtrack there's lots of callbacks to the original and, and I think the fact that it is this like evil Godzilla Godzilla's finally the adversary again I think that's what gives this movie sort of its weight and its impact it's not just a goofy we're watching Godzilla fight another goofy monster it's like Godzilla's a threat it's high stakes it's a drama it's not just some action fighting monsters film one of the best parts of this film is it's really grounded approach to the human drama um like i said there's a little bit too much of that in here for me and and that's always that's what's with any movie when we talked about godzilla versus kong or when we talked about son of godzilla we acknowledge that the human aspects of those films is just bad the thing with this film is that it's not bad at all um like i said it's very very cohesive plot wise the whole thing just it, it shows the danger of bureaucracy and the the level of inaction that these people tend to have these people being you know politicians and the like tend to have when they are in office and when when they are literally in their offices kind of just sitting above the rest of the world here the pm the prime minister of japan and his cabinet they take forever to take any action now at the beginning of the movie is almost a comedy because they jump from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting all while this creature is just ravaging Japan and uh, it finally arrives to the coast and they still haven't even started evacuations yet they're very late to the game on everything and by the time the PM decides to take military action Godzilla has evolved so their inaction actually leads to to even more destruction and this of course you know it's, it's a relevant take on government as a whole I think especially Japanese government considering the gripes that the Japanese people have with the Japanese bureaucracy but it's also uh, applicable to the Japanese reaction, Japanese government reaction to the nuclear reactor tragedy that happened not, not so long ago. And the directors have actually talked about this pretty extensively when talking about the film. So this is a this is a Godzilla unlike any other just because it's got something to say and because the, the creature design is so dynamic, so different from anything else I've seen in the franchise. Sorry, I know that was long-winded. No, yeah, I think all, all we're doing is talking long-winded in this one. We've, <laughs> we've both got so much to say. <laughs> but it's, it's great <laughs> it's it, it's really riveting stuff maybe a problem with this movie is i think it's paced well but i think it can seem slow because a lot of it is focused on bureaucracy and the nature of bureaucracy is slow of course if you if you're going into this thinking it's a action-packed godzilla film you know there's no mo other monsters this movie adam i don't know if you noticed upon rewatch is actually pretty critical of the u.s too oh of were course. you catching all those things that's a staple <laughs> of this of the original like that's the point of the original really is, right is a lot of it is to criticize the U.S. Uh, and to criticize their military actions. And I think in this movie, it does not shy away from that. It's very critical of the Japanese bureaucracy's lack of action, but also the American military's sort of pressuring the Japanese yeah. government and the American government's intrusiveness into the Japanese's military action. Right. So a lot of the times in this movie, like the U.S. government will just override what the Japanese government is doing and the climax of the movie they have to find a way to stop godzilla before the american government sends nukes over and blows up tokyo yeah. <laughs> which you know that's pretty pretty on the nose i guess pretty <laughs> pretty out there honestly like yeah it, it's just the way that the american government is so ready ready for action so so careless in their action i thought that was really interesting there's that scene with 
Kayoko Ann Patterson, who is the special envoy for the for POTUS. She's an American. She's an American government official, but she she's of Japanese descent. And there's a whole scene where she talks about like the pain of having to watch the Americans drop even more missiles over Japan. Mind you, she's an American official of Japanese descent, but she's reflecting on uh, it's her grandmother's experience, I believe, watching the nukes drop on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Just super, super interesting. And of course, like I was saying before this movie it's not actually a direct criticism of the u.s this one is actually about the the fukushima nuclear disaster excuse me and the japanese's uh japanese government's inaction to that nuclear disaster but it's all very relevant the geopolitical side of everything and the role that the american government has to play in all of this man this movie has a lot to say uh no i think part of the reason this movie is a masterpiece is because it calls back to the original but it reflects real world politics and real world events right. just as well as the original movie. Uh, the original movie, of course, is really, it's it's all an allegory for World War II, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and here we are all these years later uh, with Fukushima happening. Yet another nuclear disaster has happened in Japan, and right. this movie is an allegory for that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's what led to such a split reaction in the box office, because this movie did incredibly well in Japan, but Americans don't love it too much. I actually, I have something I'd really like to share with you that I think is the quintessential American response to this film. I, upon like research, I found out you and I are in a minority oh. as far as American audiences go. This is not a very popular movie here. Really? Um, yeah, dude, I know. And there's this online community. I, I, I won't say what, because I'll try to keep this person's comment like pretty anonymous, but just listen to this. <clears throat> they start, Shin Godzilla is the worst Godzilla movie I have ever seen. <laughs> Probably one of the worst movies I have seen in a long time. I traveled two hours to see Shin Godzilla. I don't know why he did that. And the audience at the particular movie, Movie House, was laughing at the movie, especially the part where there's no animation on the googly eyes of the slug thing swimming up the river and the giant burnt turkey carcass that was meant to be Godzilla. This was an embarrassing experience as I paid for and drove two friends and my son to see this film. <laughs> The CGI is appalling quality. How can the CGI in The Host, made in 2006, look way better? Even the CGI in Godzilla 98 is better, and it's also a better movie, too. That's where I lose all respect for this person. <laughs> Godzilla 98's a terrible movie. Get that out of here. That is the quintessential um, American response. Dude, they go on and on, too. That's yeah. not even that's not even all of it. I just don't want to spend too much time sure, on, yeah. on, on this Joker. I found that, and it made me laugh so hard, because I think somebody missed the point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think maybe a lot is lost on an American audience because it is more centric to Japan. It's about the Japanese government, the Japanese bureaucracy, and a lot of that will be lost on foreign audiences. I think some of it was lost on me. Definitely. Sure. That's uh, with any foreign film, right? Yeah, of course. We've talked about Dead Snow. The setting of Norway can only be so important to that movie, but here right. it really is like about Japan. Commentary on a Japanese disaster and the Japanese government's response to it from yeah. Japanese people. So really, there there will be something lost in translation, but I think that's a ridiculous way to look at it. He said the CGI is terrible, and I would like to talk about that for a moment. Please. Like we said, the CGI is bad in some parts, sure. The googly eyes, we both said we kind of liked it, because 
Godzilla has this sort of like aquatic thing going on. He's supposed to be like a fish, basically. At the beginning, he has gills. Yeah. And they are very much like a fish's eye, which is a silly looking eye, really. But Right. Uh, Just in general, fish have stupid eyes. Yeah, they do. But <laughs> maybe I could see you thinking the CGI is bad. I think I might be just absolutely biased, but I don't think it's as bad as other people have been saying it is. Let me tell you a little fact about this movie, though. All right. This movie, Shin Godzilla, one of the biggest budget Godzilla movies, I'm pretty sure, that's ever come out of Japan. It had a budget of $15 million and it made $78 million at the box office in USD. Godzilla King of the Monsters, the 2019 American film that we watched with all of his rogues gallery and everything, that had a budget of $170 to $200 million and made $386.6 million at the box office. So the money they're working with is so much less than what an American movie would have gotten. Right. But with it, they're trying to do so much more. It's so much deeper than the shallow plot of what Millie Bobby Brown is doing in the American ones. Absolutely. And and again, this is such an ambitious thing. I think to say that this movie doesn't look good is completely negating the fact that we have, you know, I'm going to say this, the most creative creature design I've ever seen. And the most creative creature design I've ever seen in a franchise that stems back to 1955. Think about that. Think about that. I really respect the ambition this movie shows. And on the fish eyes, I don't think they look silly uh, in this movie. I think they're piercing and I think they're they're scary. And I think the fact that it's the only thing that remains the same as this form of Godzilla evolves so much is incredibly interesting. And those eyes are, are piercing and terrifying. I don't I care what anybody says. I love them. Especially in the final form. Like maybe in the first one, they're, they're big like a fishes. So maybe right. that's where the goofiness comes from. But in the final form, they're, like we said, they're unchanging. So they're the same size. In the final form, they're tiny and beady compared to the rest of the body. And right. they look scary. I think the unchanging, unblinking, dull eyes of this creature really reflect its indifference well. God, this movie's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like, the blood stuff, yeah, it doesn't look fantastic. But liquid liquid simulation is hard. It's a difficult thing. Isn't that, like, one of the most difficult things to animate? Absolutely. <laughs> we were talking yeah. about how we didn't like the CGI of some of the blood in Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah, but that's because, uh, obviously, you're going to agree with me. I, I know you agree with me. But that's because that movie has, what, double the budget? Yeah, but I'm saying they, they look the same kind oh they're comparable yeah, absolutely so it's it's a little unfair to criticize the cgi here i think they really did a good job and yeah i completely agree if maybe the exploding cars don't look good enough for you or whatever just look at godzilla he yeah. is crazy looking he looks so interesting i uh, have spent like hours looking at like speculative fan art <laughs> me too of this creature me too I, I i have a you've seen it i have a poster of it on my wall which that's how good this movie is is adrian's willing to buy a poster of it and put it on his wall. Yeah, I don't have many others, so it's joined the Hall of Fame. The last 45 minutes of this film really showcase the incredible design of this form of Godzilla. Godzilla goes on this spectacular tear. He's almost on all fours, and you can see the, the fire kind of forming in his chest, and his mouth splays open like we've talked about, and he starts to fill the streets like very low with fire, and slowly but surely as that fire starts to like melt the buildings around it the stream i guess we could call it changes 
and it starts to like tighten and the light starts to get harsher and harsher until it's this bright purple laser and he just starts shooting it everywhere and that sequence is incredible and it's it's almost pretty like to look at because the colors coming off of this creature are just amazing the contrast the way that they you know having this this tar black godzilla but having this very pretty bright purple just kind of burning out of every pore in his flesh oh it's amazing it gave me goosebumps rewatching it last night me that too. sequence i don't know it's showing this like beauty in the awesome total annihilation that godzilla causes yeah you know they play like an orchestral sort of yeah, theme in the background beautiful music playing yes. in the background and it's i'll say if you don't mind i'll say awesome in the biblical sense uh oh <laughs> this scene it is and i uh, think that's what they were going for no 100 and they they did it beautifully i i kid you not one of my favorite scenes in anything it's fantastic we, we've 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 done some some solid commentary on this film i think what i want to address with you now of course is the ending of course they, they're able to defeat the Godzilla by uh, putting a coagulant uh, inside of him that reacts and essentially freezes him. The, the way that they're able to trap him is they knock a bunch of buildings down on him and then um, get crane operators to, to run like hoses into his mouth and shoot this coagulant into it. First of all, very creative sequence, right? Like just the way that they're able to, to kind of stop Godzilla. Super, super cool. Um, never really seen anything like that in any other Godzilla movie I've seen. Um, but they finally get Godzilla. Godzilla. They finally freeze him and they stop him in his tracks. But at the end, they reveal that Godzilla was going to change yet again. For, right before he was frozen, he started to evolve again. The, the final shot in this film is that very quick shot of his tail, a close-up on his tail. You want to you describe that, Adam? Sure. Godzilla's tail is made up of these horrific, twisted, humanoid forms that are entangled with this tar-like black skin of Godzilla uh, and they all culminate at the tip into this horrible mangled jawline that seems to be some sort of face that the tail is tipped with. There's a scene in the movie where a laser beam shoots out of his tail and they don't know how he does it and uh, this sort of implies that it came out of this horrible gaping mouth at the end of the tail. In this final shot has is, is left so many questions. It's such an ambiguous ending. It makes you think maybe Godzilla was going to replicate people. That these horrible half people Godzilla monsters were going to fall off the tail and right. I don't know. I don't know what it could mean I, I there was going to be a sequel and uh it didn't end up happening and i think that's the greatest travesty of this movie i agree to end on such a shot and then give you nothing oh come on please that's so cruel it's so cruel uh and again if you haven't seen the image that we're talking about please look up shin godzilla tail uh like you said it's these creatures separating from the tail and you finally get a, a pretty good look at like the face in the tail Ugh, it's so gross it's it's genuine horror imagery. It's Giger-esque in a way. Very akin to the Alien movies, the, the xenomorphs and such that you see in, in those films, at least in my opinion. And wow, it's just so great. And I, I wish we would have seen this come to fruition and, and lead to a sequel. I really do. I, I couldn't have imagined in the direction they would have gone with it. You know, these little Godzilla-lings. People, you know, people call them Manzillas. Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, they <laughs> and you know, part of me has faith that, that, that they are going to make a sequel to this. 
this. I know that Toho has said that they won't. I don't buy it. I think they will. I, I think they, they will. But um, an argument sorry, against a sequel, I think, is the original is a complete allegory for the atrocities that have happened to the country at the time. And so is this movie. But in both of these movies, in the original, when they made the sequels, that's when the allegory was lost. That's when Godzilla became shallow, really, and it, it, he was just a monster that fought other monsters. So maybe in making this a sequel, it would end the allegory, just like in the original, and maybe that's a good reason not to do it. How, yeah. how perfect is the idea that uh, in this movie, Godzilla gets its energy source, it basically gets its food and its energy from the fact that it's a walking uh, nuclear fission reactor. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's so clearly tied with the fact that the Fukushima disaster was in a large part man's fault just as much as nature it was this factory that caused so much to go wrong in the disaster and, and i don't know making a sequel with little manzillas will that kill the allegory it, it could i suppose uh it could and i i do think there's something kind of not to overuse this term but but awesome <laughs> in the fact that we're left with this ominous warning at the end like okay you stopped this one in its tracks but what could have come next what could have come next and what is there next we don't really know and and you're right godzilla in this film and in the original film is man-made inadvertently man-made but man-made nonetheless yeah so so maybe i think you're right i think it is it is kind of beautiful just the way they left it that being um, said though and, i'd love a sequel yeah of course of course and you know i don't know i think toho might want a sequel <laughs> i Please. think they might want a sequel and if not like a movie sequel i could totally see them doing a manga or doing a comic teaming up with someone and doing a comic whatever i could see it happening but given that this movie did so well in Japan, I wouldn't doubt if it was something more specifically geared towards Japanese audiences. That final shot was such a loose end, though. I want to see what happens. And uh, another loose end was the movie begins with an abandoned recreation boat. And we later find out through the movie there's this rogue professor that <laughs> somehow knew about Godzilla. And we're never really given much detail about it. They don't find out much, but it's implied that he had something to do with Godzilla. He knew about it. Maybe he maybe he woke Godzilla somehow, but we never find out anything about that. And I feel like that's what the sequel would have explored. But a fun fact, of course, is this professor's name is Goro Maki, which is the reverse of Maki Goro, who is one of the famous beloved actors throughout the Godzilla franchise, who yeah. was the leading role in uh, Son of Godzilla that we have also talked about on this podcast. I, I love that about this movie, too. Yeah. The whole time I was just smiling ear to ear. It's actually not something I caught the first time I watched it, but I definitely caught it yesterday. Nice little homage, a little nod. The the one thing I guess we should add is that this movie isn't incredibly easy to find. I mean, you can rent it. It's just not easy to find for free, but you can rent it on just about anything that you rent your movies on. So just keep that in mind. Great film. I'm Great film. Maybe it wasn't a, a good, bad movie. I'd say it's a good, good movie, but I'm glad we got to talk about it. Well, thank me you too. very much for joining me, Adrian. Thanks for having me, buddy. Of course. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you to Che. <laughs> Thank you to Hidaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi for making this movie. I, I agree. They, the I have a signed poster from them. Yeah, there you go. They're great. Love them. Kiss, kiss. I hope they're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodbye. <laughs>